Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 160, The Hidden Ones, Cornerstone. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. Well, the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know are definitely happening now, John. Uh Uh, We're about, what, two weeks removed, maybe, from the recent attacks to Israel from Hamas. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's got a lot of Christians wondering about the timing of events. Yeah. Um, prophecy being fulfilled. Is this the battle of Psalm 83? You People know, are confused right now. Yeah. They don't know what side to be on. Should they take a side? Yeah. Well, there's right. definitely division yeah. happening yeah. to force people to take sides, which yeah. is what the satanic global elites do. They polarize us. Yeah. And so I'm certain uh, that's exactly what's going on right now. Yeah. Regardless of um, which side you're on, I think this is intended by the elites to, to meet their advantage. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a dear brother, uh, and on my Sunday message last uh, last episode on uh, Unlock the Bible Now, I discussed this. But a dear brother in Christ that I know made some comments about what was going on. He was absolutely right about what he was saying concerning Israel and there being, you know, Paul said their blindness in part has happened, yeah. you know, in yeah. Romans 11. But he made a statement, there's absolutely nothing spiritual going on in Israel. And I disagree with that. There is something spiritual going on, but it's not good. Okay. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a satanic darkness, just like Ephesians six. Yeah. You know, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. So uh, I would encourage all of our uh, listeners and all Christians everywhere to be wary of the news because it's propaganda, no, no matter doubt. which government. No doubt. And and I think yeah. Israel's government is just as satanically led as America or France or Germany or China. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, just take everything with a grain of salt and do your research. Yeah, I think you have to be very careful. I mean, you can get, it's very easy to get caught up in the emotions yep. of what's going on. When you when you hear about children being harmed, um, women, elderly people, you see all those atrocities, right? Right. Um, a, a hospital being blown up. It's very easy to be like, I'm on this side, right? You can't let that hurt your testimony to your friends and family Amen. and other people because you're choosing a side, right? Because yeah. Jesus didn't choose sides. He's here for everyone. Amen. Amen. Whether they're on the Palestinian side or whether they're on the Israeli side, he wants them all to get saved, right? Right. And we can't be like, we're standing with Israel on this and carpet bomb the rest. You know, I've I've felt myself having those feelings. Sure. You have to suppress them, right? And you can't let it hurt your testimony because you're going to be pro-Israel or you know, you see a lot of people in this country right now, they're all out on the, unfortunately, the college campuses, and they're all marching pro-Palestine. Yeah. It's like, stop taking a side. Because, yeah. Because God's not taking a side. Well, he's not, and that's every time there's been a war, whether it's us invading Iraq, us bombing Syria, us bombing Afghanistan, and what looks like they're trying to do is give a, a, a reason to bomb Iran. You know, ultimately, yeah. that's where the 
the uh, neocons want to go with this. Mm -hmm. What they do is they try to get um, the people they want to support them to uh, ostracize an entire group of people as all evil. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to say that about Palestinians, but not look at their side of the story, and also in Gaza and West Bank and East Jerusalem, there are Christians that live amongst yeah. Uh, Muslims and have done for centuries yeah. uh, peacefully. So you can't just say they're all evil and let's turn them into a glass parking lot because that is exactly what you said, John. That is not the way the Lord would yeah. have us. And it's nothing Christian or Christ-like about that perspective. By the same token, if you're going to categorize all Jews as evil, that's just as wrong because yeah. it's just not true. And, um, you know, there's those who um, that are Jewish people, very orthodox in their beliefs, and while I would disagree with their position on Messiah and Christ, I believe they're absolutely right about the Zionist state of Israel and, mm-hmm. and why that it should not exist right now. And these are Jewish people that are very faithful, uh, mm-hmm. true Torah Jews. I'll link to their uh, website uh, in our links for the show notes. And I would encourage everybody to do their research to at least look at another perspective. Yeah. And don't just blanketly fall for the satanic global elites dividing us into these two warring factions of anger and emotion, yeah. hating each other, which is exactly what they want. I think it's very interesting what's going on, though, because I, I would have never thought that the current um, president, but I don't even really think that Joe Biden's a president, honestly. Well, he's, I, I, think, puppet. I think he's a puppet, yeah. So let's call it the current regime, regime, yeah, right? I agree. That they are siding very strongly with Israel, right? right? They're taking Joe Biden and they're putting him on a plane and he's going over there and he's hugging uh, that alone should yeah. tell you something. Yeah. If, if so we what are, are they doing, them, yeah. right? What are they doing? Um, they sent an aircraft carrier over there and a couple destroyers, right? Three now. Yeah, and I looked at that. When I saw them send those ships over there, I thought, holy cow. This is what they're setting us up for is a major war. Because oh, yeah. all you need is a missile to hit that aircraft carrier. And there's your excuse for the U.S. to turn on the war machine. And they well, want they, to I think turn they've already the war machine. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think they've already done it because they've already been t- uh, telling, what do they call it? They're activating troops mm-hmm. uh, or putting them in deployment. And I apologize for the wrong terminology that I'm probably using. But it does tell me that we should be praying for our military. To, yes. You know, in all this. I want to pray for all lives and nobody be killed. But particularly, you know, those... You know, when you talk about the left and right paradigm that is a lie in this country, yeah. you've always got the, the right that seems to be the gung-ho, let's get in there and bomb-bomb Iran and mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, that's just as evil as the left they claim to hate. And then the yeah. same for the left. They're going to go in and bomb, too, because most wars are started under leftist regimes in mm. this country. Yeah. You know, almost every war has been started, um, not all of them, but m- m- many of them. So, um, but they claim to be the, the, the party of peace, but they're not. Yeah. You know, they've never met a nation. I don't think either party is the party of peace. Because (laughs) both parties are run by the same. It's all, it's all about money. I mean, they want to start the war machine up so they can sell a bunch more guns and tanks and and planes. I mean, that's why Eisenhower said, the military complex, beware of the military industrial complex, which now includes the pharmaceutical and who knows what else. It's out of control. It is. Well, anyway, (laughs) so we're going to talk about things related to those events, but we're going to, as always, look at them through the lens of Scripture and see if we can glean from that what might really be going on, not from a current event political perspective, but maybe we can apply it and help us make sense of the current events 
and the okay. politics that are going on. So this series is going to be called The Hidden Ones, John. And we'll explain what that okay. means as we go along. Okay. So before we get started, why don't we uh, introduce our latest uh, seekers? Yeah, absolutely. So this episode is brought to us by our premium subscribers, what we call our seekers, mm-hmm. those folks seeking the truth through the Bible. And uh, this episode is brought to us by Kathy N., Brian H., Scott R., Adele D., and Micah M. Yeah. All of those folks came on in April or May of this year. Thank you. We're finally getting closer to the middle of the year. There you <laughs> of, go. We're catching up. But we, are. we need the subscribers to be <laughs> subscribing faster than we can call their names out, right? Exactly. Because that means we're building momentum. Exactly right. And we also have a special promotion that we're going to announce, right, John? Yep, exactly. So speaking of our our seekers, we have a special offer for November. We have reduced the yearly subscription rate from the normal $84 for 12 months to $77 for 12 months, which means you get one month free. And those who do subscribe during the month of November will only re- will also, sorry, will also receive a copy of Karen Wilkinson's book, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. All right, yeah. Yeah, so Karen graciously announces offer on our live Q&A stream, and she'll provide us these books throughout November. Um, just remember that the book offer is good only through November okay. while supplies last. But the discounted rate will be applied for all new yearly subscriptions and future renewals of any existing yearly subscriptions. It's our way of saying thanks for supporting Bible Mysteries. Amen. Yeah. So we're excited about that. We're going to. So those of you that may have already been on the yearly plan, you know, you were paying the $84 price. But when your subscription comes up for renewal, you'll get the discounted price from now on. You get a month free. You get a month free. And then uh, that's just like I said, uh, our way of thanking you. And then the book deal, man. That book, you and I have both read it. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Uh, Karen's starting to get on some interviews now, mm-hmm. and uh, um, by the time this airs, I think she will have been on Coast to Coast with George Nouri. Okay, and so um, this book is gaining some traction. So I think it's a it's just a gracious, wonderful gift from Karen to offer us for our listeners, but another way to introduce you to the the, the true spiritual battle that we face in her book, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. So we'll be shipping those out to you when you subscribe in November. This episode airs on October 30th, so it'll okay. be just in time for people to, Perfect. Uh, as we start getting busy for holidays and things, this will be a nice little gift. Well, Karen's book is, like you mentioned, is a great book, and I'm going to give you a testimony to it. Yeah. Because I know I, I read, I try to read every night. But I, it takes me like six months to read a book because <laughs> okay. I'm that slow, right? <laughs> I read this book in like three or four days because it's like every chapter you're like, man, what is coming up next, right? Yeah. So it's one of those that you can literally sit I – mean, normal people could probably read the whole book in one day. If you just took an afternoon, you could probably read this whole book because it's that – Engrossing, yes, yeah, engaging, yeah. yeah it, it truly is. I'm not a fast reader either, John. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, uh, but you're right. I couldn't put it down. And and there are other books that we've featured. Authors are, and they're all excellent writers. I mean, there's no question about it. They're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get to those stopping points where you go, oh, I, I want to continue. This is really interesting. Uh, but I've got this other thing I need to do. And so you yeah. put your bookmark in. That was hard to do with Karen's book. It's like, I can't stop now. Yeah, that, there's know? nothing going on that, that I want to do. I want to figure out what's going to happen Yeah, next, i got to see right, what goes next. Book, so. So, and she gives some wonderful information. And really, uh, if, if there's ever, I guess, if there's a, a clear message she's trying to get across is that the, these are not our benevolent space brothers. These, exactly. are, these are sinister beings. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, take advantage of that, folks, and thank you if you do join us in November. And so having said all that, John, let's dive into this uh, episode about the hidden ones. 
And this first um, part is going to be called the cornerstone. Okay. So as we mentioned, as of this recording, uh, we're about two weeks or further into this attack launched by Hamas on the nation of Israel. And the events surrounding this attack and the repercussions that are following right now uh, have many believers asking if this is the fulfillment of prophecy, maybe based on Psalm 83. Um, mm-hmm. There could be others, but that's the one that most people are asking about. Yeah. And I think the reason why is because the nations mentioned in that psalm seem to be the close neighbors surrounding Israel at yep. the time of the prophecy. And it's possible it could have been fulfilled way in the past. It's possible that it has yet to be fulfilled. Okay. And so people like the Palestinians, Hezbollah, Hamas, I should say Hamas, not the Palestinians, because Hamas is the, the group that represents them and allegedly did the attack. Yeah. And I say allegedly not because uh, I don't believe they attacked them. They did. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, you, you have to ask if Mossad and the Israeli defense uh, um, fighters and, and that army, as sophisticated as they are with spy capabilities and, and war making capabilities that are probably second to none, even the United States. You know, we have a CIA and we have all yeah. this stuff, too. But these guys being surrounded constantly by those that want to remove them. You'd think they've got the best surveillance in the world, the best security in the world. How did these guys slip past that? Yeah, so I think you mentioned a, a key organization there, right? Being yeah. The CIA, and yeah. I'm not blaming the CIA. Oh, I am. I okay. would. Okay. <laughs> well, but I don't think that Hamas, and I'm, I have nothing to back this up. This is my mm-hmm. opinion, right? I don't think, like you said, they have Israel has the Iron Dome, a billion dollar border fence. Yeah. And they just broke through that thing and yeah. took out all of the military outposts and were able to just drive into the country, yeah. take hostages. Blow hostages up a gate and... And take people yeah. back. And they were amazed that no one met them there. So No soldiers with, around. Yeah. yeah. How, and, and they, had, strangely, right before that happened, I don't know if you know this, all the soldiers that were normally in the Gaza area to protect it were moved over yeah, to the West so Bank. So there was obviously some players yeah. setting things up behind It looks the like scenes. a pretextful yeah. war. It, it was intentional. And... Yeah. Um, but we don't know this because you don't hear this. The propaganda of the media is always going to sign on the mm-hmm. part of the satanic global elites and whatever the true agenda is, yeah. which is always evil. But, um, you know, what we're going to talk about today, coupled with our prior series on the millennial reign of Christ that we just completed, okay. also has listeners writing me and asking me, well, who is Israel? And I think what they mean is who is going to be the Israel of God that he will be dealing with Yes. when the time comes to be dealing with them again as a nation. And um, who will be the people he delivers out of affliction? And many, many Christians today think it's the current modern state of Israel. Mm -hmm. And uh, they believe that it was a godly thing that happened in 1948. They base it on Ezekiel 37. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, And many dear, sincere believers uh, think this is true. And I disagree with that. So I'm going to give that perspective today. It's not intended... any stretch of the imagination to be anti-Semitic at all. Yeah, It's not. Uh, I am absolutely a believer that there is going to be a people of God called Israel, mm-hmm. that they are Jews, and that he will restore them from exile and put them back in the land to the fulfillment of all of these prophecies that we've even discussed in the Millennial Reign of Christ series. Okay. Um, it has no, and, and do not conflate, according to the satanic global elite's way of the controlling language, do not conflate the term anti-Semitism with anti-Zionism. The Zionists want you to think they're one and the same. Okay. But they're not. They're not. You can be anti-Zion and Jewish or pro-Jewish 
as true Torah Jews are and Orthodox Jews are. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you fall for that definition, then you're going to fall for the same redefining roles of a man and a woman and what it means to be woke or what it means to be transgender. You're buying into the propaganda of definition. Hmm. Okay. So pray for wisdom and discernment and all these things. We're not saying we have all the answers, but I can promise you what you're being told is a lie. Okay. In the major. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to explore an alternate, alternate idea, excuse me. And, you know, seasons change and I have this. That's Satan's attack on you, yes, man. It, that was my cross to bear. convinced of it right, at this that, point. Because it never leaves me, <laughs> you know. We are going to explore an alternate idea that the true Israel of God may be hidden in the world and okay. yet to be revealed in the time of God's wow. choosing. Okay. So we're going to explore the hidden ones. And we're going to start, start with Psalm 83 um, and first just examine what the prophet prophetic scriptures of Psalm 83, um, what it seems to, to show if there could be an application to current events. Okay. Um, and it's here we're going to find the reference to the hidden ones. This is the passage everyone's asking me about. And Psalm 83 verse 1 says, Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, which is a noise. Yeah. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They've taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. There's the phrase. Okay. They've said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. And of course, that statement in verse four is the one that most Christians are grabbing and saying, see, that's what Hamas says. We want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Yeah. And there's many other groups that say that too. Hezbollah, uh, you could go on and on. Yeah. Iran, the nation. I was going to say the parliament of <clears throat> Iran, death to Israel, their yeah. chant. Absolutely. Yeah. So you could say, yeah, there's an application here. But then he continues, mm -hmm. verse 5, For they've consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against them. And incidentally, all of the countries he's about to mention have not yet joined in the fray to consult together. Now, they could, okay. but they haven't yet. It's just some of them. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites. Uh, Ishmaelites, we could claim to be Saudi Arabia. Okay. They're taking kind of a, you know, they, they tend to side with the U.S. So okay. yeah. they can't just come out, even if they feel it, they can't just come out and say, we got to wipe Israel off the face of the map because we fund them a lot. What, didn't they just do something recently, though, where they said that it had to do with oil? And, and Because of the aircraft carrier, right? They the Didn't the king of, of Saudi Arabia say, hey, we're going to take our oil somewhere else? Well, they may have. They may have. Yeah. You know? So, uh, But normally, historically, they've sort of been neutral. Yeah. At least they've been very careful to not voice their opposition to Israel too vocally. Okay. And maybe they say one thing in their country and another thing when they're talking to the U.S. ambassadors and such. Yeah. yeah. And Jordan would be Edom. Okay. And Jordan's kind of like, we're not taking the refugees. I don't want them over here. Yeah. You know, and this West Bank was right borders. Yeah. You know, um, Jordan. So they don't seem to be as uh, anti-Israel as other countries are. And Moab would be part of that. The Hagarenes, I'm not sure who they are. Gibal and Ammon and Amalek. The Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. And by the way, the Philistines is, uh, Philistia is um, Palestine. Okay. It's the same word. Okay. You know, and so we're still talking about the same region. Gaza Strip is the traditional home of the 
Philistines. Okay. Okay. And the inhabitants of Tyre, that would be pushing us back to Lebanon. Okay. And then Hezbollah is there, but not all, not all Lebanese agree with them. Yeah. You know, and then Asher okay. also is joined with them, and we could, by extension, call Asher Syria. Uh, they've okay. hoped in the children of Lot, Selah. All of that to say that the argument could be made that the current people that are rattling sabers and saying death to Israel and wipe them off the face of the map seem to be amongst these nations yeah. here. They've been doing that for a long time. Well, since 1948. Okay. Um, but I'm interested in the passage in verse 3 that says they've taken crafty counsel against thy people. So clearly that's going to be the Israel of God because it's thy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whether this was applied in the past or it's going to be applied in the future, there's a connection again between God and Israel, which we're going to see shortly, does not exist right now. Okay. In a in a in a real sense, you know, in a scriptural sense. And then he says, and consulted against thy hidden ones. Now, why the word hidden ones? You know, yeah. why why refer to Israel and either a portion of God's people or all of God's people as being hidden? Does that ever? Yeah, that didn't really fit the the. If you're looking at this passage as being fulfillment of prophecy, mm-hmm. right? Then the phrase "hidden ones" doesn't really fit in there because they're not hidden. It's a it's the country of of Israel, yeah. right, right there in front of us. If it's supposed to be the current yeah state of Israel, so yeah, why would they be called hidden? Hmm. And so when you look up the term "hidden ones," you know some versions, some Bible versions translate this as "treasured ones." Okay, uh, but the King James calls it hidden. Ones. And and when you look at the concordance definition of the Hebrew word, which is safan, thy hidden ones is safan in Hebrew, it means to hide, to treasure, or store up. And it's to lie hidden or to lurk and be stored up or to hide from discovery. So I can see the connection to a treasure, like if you had a treasure and you want to bury it in your backyard. Yeah. You want to hide it from the IRS or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it brought to mind for me the fact that Treasure and hidden are all in connection to Israel, where God is concerned, both in the prophets and what Jesus said. So looking at a prophecy about them, Psalm 27, verse 5 says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock." You should set me up upon a rock. Well, who is the rock? Who is the chief cornerstone? That would be Jesus. Not Dwayne Johnson, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's Jesus, right. So the same word used in Psalm 27 as hide in a time of trouble is the word sophon for hidden ones. And a dear sister uh, in Christ discussed with me the idea of could this be Israel's, uh, Israelis hiding uh, in their bunkers and, and their hide, hideout places when Hamas attacked. Yeah. You know, uh, hmm. during okay. this encounter, did they have safe rooms or a fallout type, fallout type shelter in Israel during the attack? But however, set upon a rock points to faith in Christ, which the nation Israel, for the most part, and, and this is true of many Jews around the world, and this is not intended to be a, a criticism, but they are secular mostly in their belief. Yes. You know, I would say Orthodox Jews truly do believe in keeping the Old Testament or Torah, yeah. as they would call it. But if you look at the nation Israel, they're as secular and ungodly a nation as America or any yeah. other European country or you know what have you. And their leadership is satanic for sure. Okay. So, um, you know, how are they set upon a rock 
as the hidden ones. So we're back to what you said. Israel's out in the open. We, we know who they are. Yeah. You know, the nation I'm talking about. But hidden ones could apply to something else. So we could be talking about the true Orthodox Jews scattered around the world. Yeah. Did you even know such a group existed, true Torah Jews? You know, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, they're not hidden because you can find them when you search sure. <laughs> the web, you know. Uh, but could there be something else to that? So there's no doubt that Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Yes. And he's the stone which the builders or the leadership of Israel at the time when he was rejected, mm -hmm. uh, they rejected him when they crucified him. And we read that in Psalm 118, 21. It says, I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So there's a connection to the hidden ones being delivered on the rock. Mm -hmm. Christ is the rock. There's not a Christian that would doubt that. Now, the Jews would doubt that, of course, because they're still waiting for Messiah. Yeah. They're still waiting for Messiah to come. And um, But if we go to Psalm 135, we see one of many references where the Lord makes reference to Israel as his treasure. Okay. So in verse 3, he says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob, which is Israel, yes. unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure. And peculiar doesn't mean strange or odd like we think today. You know, Peculiar means special. Like, yeah, unique. You're my yeah. treasure. Yeah. So let's consider that the hidden ones are a treasure, and we know it's Israel because it says so, thy people. Mm -hmm. And you know they, they consult against us and whatever. They can uh, are conspiring against us. And based on the Hebrew word, Safan, um, it means something precious and hidden and laid up in store. Okay. So then we're back to this whole thing about, well, the world can see the modern nation state of Israel. There's nothing hidden about them. Yeah. And how are they laid up in store? And how are they precious... Uh, if they're doing things that are just as bad or wicked in their leadership mm -hmm. as the United States, yes. you know. Now, I understand that for many, many people, at least in this country, but maybe around the world, there's a cognitive dissonance for us to accept the fact that these nations are being led by the dragon and his angels. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they, we, don't, we can't accept that. We think, well... Our country is better than yours, you know, because we're righteous, because we wave the flag and we sing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. We help all these other nations, but that's not what's really going on. You know, we've had a, a satanic black ops, dark government group that's been running this thing for a long time. Yes. And we mentioned this, the military industrial complex. I mean, Eisenhower knew about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Harding knew about it back in World War One, And when he said, I've unwittingly undone my country, when I think he signed the whatever it was before the UN, the League of Nations, I think. Yes. So God calls his treasure Israel, or he calls Israel his treasure. And we know based on the psalm that Israel is somehow connected to the hidden ones. So could that be a way to understand one of the parables that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13? Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. 
So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. Because he said in verse uh, 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth hidden treasure. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Think of a pearl like a treasure, too. Okay. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so I think you can see in this two parables here, uh, and using other parables that he told earlier when he gave the, the interpretation of it to the disciples, when he like talked about the sower and the seed and the field is the world, he said. Mm-hmm. Well, then that, we can apply that same key to this. Okay. So if the field is the world and the treasure is Israel, then they're hidden in the world today. Hmm. What if we don't know where they are? So you're, you're making the case that the hidden ones are dispersed throughout the world and not concentrated <laughs> into this nation, which is Israel right now. Right. And then, so I guess using deductive reasoning, we're all being set up, right? Yeah. By what's going on. Exactly. There's and, a satanic agenda that is setting us up for something. Because the hidden ones are not in that nation right now. Am I interpreting what you're, you're saying right? You're, you're, well, they may be. You know, they the could partially be there, but they could partially be everywhere uh, across the entire globe. Right. Right? So let's just pretend for a moment, and I don't know that this is true, but we're going to pretend for the sake of argument that, say, true Orthodox Jews are going to be the ones that come to faith in Jesus Christ as Messiah after the rapture. Yes. Well, they live in every country in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the majority is in America, but there's some in Israel too. Mm-hmm. Now, there's yeah. also Orthodox Jews that are, uh, according to the true Torah Jews, are sort of misled by the Israeli leadership. And they're being kind of used yeah. and manipulated to help them push their agenda, which is not truly Orthodox, the, the leaders. Their agenda is secular and, and satanic, but okay. they use people just as Christians are used in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, So it could be that they're the hidden ones, but it could also be it's a group that we don't even know who they are, hmm. which would make more sense to me because the, if the devil could find them, he would exterminate them. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what if they're actually hidden in plain sight, but we don't know it? For all we know. And I'm not saying this is true or it's just pure speculation, but for all we know, there could be a large group of Muslims that are going to convert to believe in Jesus as Messiah after mm-hmm. the rapture. Yeah. And they could be truly Semitic in their origin or something. Like that. We they, don't know. They could be the hidden ones. <clears throat> it, it, it could be almost it could anything. Be all kinds of people. Yeah, it could be all kinds of things. So one of the things that I'm going to consider is there's something we're going to look into at, at some point in this series Okay. about a statement that John the Baptist made that is very unusual to me. And I think it might be able to be applied to the 144,000, which we know, according to Scripture, are going to appear in the time of Jacob's trouble. Hmm. And they appear to be the ones that call Israel back and maybe fulfill uh, Malachi 4 when it says that, you know, that Elijah's going to come and turn okay. the hearts of the children back to the fathers and on and on. So it could be there's a connection to that. But before we dive into that, let's okay. yeah, let's follow up That's on this. That's a cliffhanger. Is, yeah. that, is that happening this week or is that oh, it's, it's going to be next episode. Uh, now you got to listen another week. Well, okay. I have to do that. <laughs> you know, I have to keep people wanting more, right? 
So we know that it, when we read in Psalm 118 that the builders rejected the cornerstone, mm -hmm. that's Jesus. And he tells the parable about the treasure hid in a field. So if we start to make the connections, his ministry at that time was to Israel. Yes. You know, he wasn't yeah. talking the kingdom about... Of heaven. Right. Yeah. He wasn't talking about Gentiles at the time. And even a couple of chapters later, uh, he makes the statement in Matthew 15, 21. Then went Jesus thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, uh, which is Lebanon you know, okay. area. And behold, a woman of Canaan. Uh, she was a Palestinian. Okay. Canaan is Palestine. Uh, came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. So she had a demon-possessed daughter. Okay. But many people are shocked to read this, but it goes on to say, He answered her not a word. He wouldn't even talk to her. Yeah. And his disciples came and besought him. They begged him, saying, Send her away. Yeah. They didn't say, Hey, would you help her? Do something for this lady. They said, send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Hmm. So Christ's ministry at that time was to Israel. He was there to fulfill the prophets and offer the kingdom. Okay. And it was the national salvation program of Israel. The church tends to want to insert itself into everything God ever promised or said. Mm -hmm. But we need to realize that Christ's earthly preaching and ministry was not to the church. He said some things that we can apply, yeah. but it was the later fulfillment of things through the apostles, and particularly Paul, that became the doctrine for the church. Yes. Okay. But the nation Israel, he directed his ministry to them, and he was reaching out to them to believe on him, and we know that ultimately they didn't. Yeah. Many did, but mm -hmm. the leadership rejected him. Well, let me tell you something, folks. The leopard doesn't change its spots. Yeah. The leadership that rejected Christ then is the same leadership in Israel that's rejecting him hmm. yeah. today, right? So this was prophesied to happen in the book of Hosea, that okay. God would divorce Israel because of their rejection of him. Okay. And so let's read the passage here in Hosea chapter 1, and we'll start reading in verse 8. It says, now when he had weaned Lo-Rahama, and, and for a little bit of background, you're going to need to read the whole chapter. But Hosea is a prophet, and he's told by God to take a wife and her name is Gomer. Okay. And Hosea represents the Lord as the husband, and Gomer represents Israel as the adulterous wife. Okay. Because he says, take a wife of whoredoms. In other words, she was a prostitute. Okay. And so they be, they have children, and one of them is named Lo-Rahama, the daughter, uh, and she's the second child. And so when he she had weaned Lo-Rahama, she conceived and bare a son. Then God said, call his name Lo-Ami, mm -hmm. for ye are not my people and I will not be your God. Now, that had to be fulfilled at some point. And even the Orthodox Jews acknowledge it was fulfilled when the temple was destroyed. And they say 69 AD, we say 70, but it's the same okay. event. Okay. And he goes on to fulfill a, or, or to prophesy a promise, though, in verse 10. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, you are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, you are the sons of the living God. So he will restore them. Okay. Now, the true Orthodox Jews long for this and look for this. Yeah. And their argument is we're violating the Torah and God's law by becoming a nation again, and the Lord's not done it. 
This was done through a political measure mm-hmm. started by a man named Theodore Herzl back in 1890-something. And they had the first Zionist Congress in Europe, and they met, and they devised this plan to bring Israel back into the land again. Okay. These were not faithful Orthodox Jews manipulating this thing. Uh, it was, in, in their opinion, um, they didn't care who they hurt to, to get their political agenda, and including Jews. Hmm. So, and, and ultimately, they believed that what they did led to the persecution and the and increase in anti-Semitism around the world because of this okay. program. Yeah. Many, many Orthodox rabbis were vocally opposed to the formation of a nation Israel hmm. and, and called really? it Zionism. Absolutely. You never hear this. Yeah. Yeah. And they fought openly about it, peacefully. They didn't fight with arms, uh, but the, the program fought with arms. Okay. You know, the Zionists fought with arms. But the, the true Torah Jews indicate their history. And like I said, go to their website and read and study all that they put forth if you want to get a different perspective. Okay. I'm not asking you to agree with them. Yeah. I'm just saying get the other perspective because it's not the picture. That, in other words, they say those who were in favor of Zionism do not represent Jewry around the world any more mm. than your knucklehead of a president, Joe Biden, represents America. Yeah. You know, he, he's, a, he's a joke. So, um, yeah, he's a puppet. Absolutely. And he represents somebody. Yeah. But, and someone's agenda, but it's not ours. Mm-hmm. Our our interests, and, and you've got to remember, folks, and never forget this, the governments of this world hate you, mm-hmm. particularly if you're a Christian. They want nothing better than to destroy you because they're led by Satan and he is our enemy. Yeah. He's called mm-hmm. Satan for a reason, the adversary, Shatan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Now, Jesus tells another parable later, right before he was crucified, and It's um, in Matthew 21, verse 33. He said, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and led it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. Now, that whole setup there and those players, you'll find in Isaiah 5. Okay. It tells you who he's talking about here. The householder is God. The vineyard is Jerusalem. Uh, and God, well, the wine press is Jerusalem. The vineyard is Israel. Okay. Okay. And the uh, house, the husbandmen are the leadership of Israel. And who he's talking to in this instance is the Pharisees. They represent the leadership of Israel. Okay. So he says he went into a far country. That's the Lord returning to heaven. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, well, actually, it's, it's God the Father. But when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And we're talking about the prophets. Okay, yeah. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one, killed another, stoned another. So that's the persecution of the prophets. Mm -hmm. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. And you could almost say, like, that resulted in John the Baptist. Okay. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. And there's no doubt who that's referring to, Jesus Christ. But when the husbandman, leadership, Saul the son, Messiah, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance, which tells me the Pharisees knew who he was. Yeah, I was just thinking that. So that they knew exactly what they were doing. They weren't just deceived. Well, they were deceived, but they knew what they were up to. They knew what they were doing. Who else knew that Jesus was the son of God without uh, being preached unto? Satan and... The fallen angels. The devils. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and when Christ said, you are of your father, the devil, he's referring to 
these were demon-possessed leaders, and there's yeah. no difference today. I'm telling you right now, and this is going to hmm. cause all kinds of problems, but the prime minister of Israel, is it Bibi Netanyahu? Bibi Netanyahu, yeah. I forget if he's yeah. a prime minister. All of those people are led by the same spirits that are leading, that led the Pharisees. Hmm. The same spirits that lead the Congress and, and our presidents and prime ministers and you know parliaments and so whatever. That, that'll tell you right there, don't take sides in this thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, yeah. so shall it be. The, the proliferation of the Nephilim spirits are in our leaders right now, okay. which is where the Ten Kings are going to come from. Now, back to the parable. So they caught him, the son, cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. That's the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. When the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, remember, he's speaking to the Pharisees, and they okay. answer him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. That was a good answer, because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Now watch what Jesus does. He said unto them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. The same psalm that we read earlier. Yeah. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And he knew they had read it, but they didn't put two and two together. Or actually, they do, because watch what happens. Hmm. Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, the leadership of Israel, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone, Christ, yeah. the cornerstone, shall be broken. When we trust him, we break. We're broken in spirit, mm -hmm. right? But on whomsoever it shall fall, which is when Christ comes back to destroy the empire of the Antichrist, it will grind him to powder hmm. in fulfillment of the prophecy of Daniel. Yeah. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. Why did they perceive it? Because they knew. They knew, yeah. yeah. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. So they didn't take him. So it cannot be the Jewish people that do not believe on him today because he is the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. It cannot yeah. be that's the nation that it was the kingdom of God was given to. Okay. We know the kingdom of God was given to all the church, but we're not the nation. So I don't believe in replacement theology. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. do not believe the church replaced Israel. We join with them in the church. Yeah. But they're still their own separate entity nationally. Okay. And we don't become Jews. In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Yeah. But we're clearly physically Jew and Gentile. Yeah. So there must be a nation that is going to be God's Israel that is the hidden one, the treasure hidden in the field. Hmm. And I don't think we can know who they are until the time is right. So, so they won't be revealed until after the rapture, the true, that is my the true nation of yeah. Israel. That is my contention. Because think about it. If a Jew gets saved today mm -hmm. and trusts Christ or converts, as, as they would say, yeah, they're going to go out in the rapture too. Yeah, They're just as part of the church, the body of Christ, as a Gentile. They're not going to get saved and stay and remain to go through the time of Jacob's trouble. Because if they're saved right now, they're delivered from the wrath to come, mm -hmm. just like you and me. So hmm. it's got to be some individuals that don't currently believe on him that are going to convert to him when a certain event happens. So hmm. the, okay. the the majority of, I would say, evangelical Christian that are pro-Israel today and they're pro-Zionist Israel, 
you know, and I'm not saying they're um, opposed to true Torah Jews, but I bet you they don't know they exist, hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, but they believe that Israel becoming a nation in May 14th of 1948 was the fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. Yeah. We're going to go read that prophecy and see is there by any stretch of the imagination, could this have been fulfilled okay. in 48? Because when I read the passage, I can't find anything about a nation being formed, but I can find something about the resurrection of the dead. Okay. So I think this applies to the first resurrection. So we'll start Ezekiel 37, verse 1. And because there's so many verses, I'm going to have to read it from, okay. from my iPad. Um, but many, many scholars and believers think the modern Israel became a nation with the fulfillment of this passage. Let's read. Verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, which was, uh, oh, and sent me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. That's like walking through a graveyard. Can you yeah. imagine? And behold, there were very many of the bones in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry, implying they'd been dead for a long time. Yeah. And he said unto me, the Lord speaking to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. I don't know if they can live. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. By the way, you know, tomorrow is Halloween, right? You know that uh -huh. song, them bones, them bones, them dry bones? Yeah. That's from this passage. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't realize. Knee bone connected to the thigh bone. <laughs> That's from Ezekiel 37. Hmm. Um, anyway, verse 8. And when I, behold, when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Keep the wind in mind. Okay. Okay, in the back of your mind. Prophesy unto the wind, thus saith the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So now, like, there's bone and flesh standing up, but they're not alive yet. Yeah. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people. All right, there's your first clue. He's calling them his people again. Yeah, okay. I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. How is Israel being formed from you know, the end of World War One and to the end of World War Two, the opening of graves. Yeah. It wasn't the people that were killed in the Holocaust that came into the land, right? Yeah. The Jews, I mean. Uh, so this cannot be the fulfillment of that. Making them a modern nation state was not the opening of graves. And he says, verse 13, you shall know that I am the Lord when I've opened your graves on my people and brought you up out of your graves. There's no mistaking it's a resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. And shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. So I don't see how you can conflate this with yeah. the formation of the state of Israel. Hmm. 
Nothing about a resurrection took place during that time. Jesus gave us the understanding of this passage in John chapter 3. And I think that's the way this should be understood. I don't expect, for example, the Jew Torah Jews to understand this uh, or Orthodox Jews to understand this because they remain in waiting for Messiah. Yeah. But it was odd that it was a very devout Jew that was having this conversation with Jesus in John chapter 3. His name was Nicodemus, and he was a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. But he wanted to believe and apparently did have some connection to Jesus throughout his ministry. He wanted to follow Jesus. He just chose not to. He may have at the end. Out of probably fear, right? Yeah, definitely he was politically oriented because he didn't want to lose his position and standing. He didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. Yeah. You know. But in John chapter 3, verse 1, we read, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he's a high up muck yeah. muck. The same came to Jesus by night, that want to tarnish his reputation, uh-huh. and said unto him, Rabbi, he acknowledges he's a master, mm-hmm. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, he doesn't even ask a question. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he's already introducing something that Nicodemus doesn't understand. Born again. Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That would be the connection to water. Okay. We're born of water. Yeah. You know, amniotic fluid. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's born again. He's defining the Mm -hmm. term for him. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Now watch this, verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. Remember when we read Ezekiel 37, I said, remember about the the wind? Keep that in the back of your mind. Why does he bring up wind here and connects it to being born of the Spirit? What does Ezekiel do? He prophesies to the wind and the Spirit of God comes into the bones. Born again, John, is born again from the dead. He's talking about the resurrection of Ezekiel 37. Hmm. And here's how we can know. He doesn't cite the passage, but Nicodemus answered and said unto him, verse 9, how can these things be? He just doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Now, if born again was a brand new concept that has no connection to prophecy, he couldn't have upbraided Nicodemus for not understanding. You're a master. You should know this. Yeah. Because what should he have read? The book of Ezekiel. Yeah. So therefore, what Jesus was saying was not a new concept. It was the fulfillment of prophecy, or he's explaining the fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah. You should know, by, according to Ezekiel 37, that God's going to pour his spirit from the four winds into the bones, and they're going to come alive and go into the land. You should know this, hmm. right? Verse 12, uh, verse 11, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And that's what he was doing. He was speaking of heavenly things. Hmm. But Nicodemus didn't understand. So we're going to dive next week, John, into if Christ is the chief cornerstone and the priesthood later is going to be referred to 
as lively stones. Hmm, okay. And like I mentioned earlier, John said something about stones. And we're going to look at that and see if, is it possible that the true Israel of God, which will be the priesthood of God, yes. is still hidden in the world today as a treasure hid in the field. But some event's going to occur where some stones are going to come alive and end up calling the hidden ones out of the earth like stones hidden in the earth. And we'll see wow. connection to stones and they're precious stones. Yeah. So we're not talking about just rocks. We're talking about emeralds, rubies, you know, things like that. Yeah. And we're going to see if some scriptures back that up. So hmm. hopefully that whets your appetite. Very interesting. Yeah, hmm. I think so. <laughs> so thank you for listening today and for watching if you do watch our videos. John, thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me again. You bet. And Lord willing, next week we will continue our discussion about the hidden ones. So be sure to tune in. Till next time, remember to look up for our salvation draws near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.